Alrighty, so we want to talk about um, we want to talk about sort of contributing in family and loving and serving our city, and try and sort of pull those two things together and see how actually they work together. They're not two separate entities. They're both really important parts of walking with Jesus, but they actually really do sit together. Um, and I want to remind you and, and set this up in the context of um, our call to become mature. So I spoke a couple of weeks ago about. Um, how we're connected to a father, we get found in family, but it's unto fullness, it's unto maturity. And the Bible is, is super clear about that. Um, and so we want to be, like we want to be as a church community, we want to be a healthy family. You know, one of the things we've prayed most often in the, the years of our journey, kind of moving towards finding a church, building a permanent home, is that actually, God, we don't just, we really do not want to have a, a good building. We don't want to just have a house. We want to be a, a healthy family. So actually... We don't want to get the building if we're a dysfunctional family. Like, that's not it for us. And so being a healthy family and representing him really well as his body together is really important. Um, and I, I want to stress, listen, it is as a body of people. It is as a family. You know, you are deeply loved and called and chosen and saved as an individual, but you're saved into family. You know, isolation, like, is not a lifestyle choice for God's people. Like, it's not how it works. Um, we're not going to become mature as an individuals or as a corporate body without one another. You've, we've got to be, we've got to be part of something, to be part of something, right? So I want to read, let's, if you've got your Bibles, Ephesians 4. Um, I love this passage. It is so rich. There is so much we could pull out of this, but there's just a couple of things I want to highlight. This is um, from verse 11. It says, Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, pastors and teachers to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Then we will no longer be infants, tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of people and their deceitful scheming. Instead, speaking the truth in love, we will grow to become in every respect the mature body of him who is the head, that is Christ. From him, the whole body, joined and held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. Alrighty, so this is yet another one of the examples where Paul, is often, often Paul, is making this point, listen, the goal of his ministry, the whole point of his life, he said, is actually, is the goal is maturity. Just in these five verses, there are three separate times he kind of points towards it. So in verse 13, he says, the goal of, you know, the whole reason these gifts are given is, is there is a corporate goal, so that we all, so every single one of us, reach unity in the faith and the knowledge of God, and that we'd become mature, right? That's the point. And maturity is attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ, right? So every single one of us has still some way to go. If, if the goal of maturity is the fullness of Christ, I am really not there yet, and I suspect neither are you. But that's the goal, right? Again, verse 14, he says, then we'll no longer be infants, Right, being staying as you know, brand new, born again, baby Christians, infants until we get to heaven is absolutely not it. Like we have got to be born again, but we then also have to grow up. And then in verse fifteen, he says that instead, speaking the truth in love, we would grow to become in every respect the mature body of Him who is the head. Right, 
So actually, the, you know, Jesus is coming back for a pure, spotless, healthy bride, actually where the body is in proportion to the head, so that in every respect, his body is mature. So three times, just in these few verses, Paul is saying, listen, the goal is maturity. That's, that is, that's the reason that um, God has given these five specific gifts to the church, is that we would be equipped, you and I would be equipped for works of service. Essentially, you and I would be equipped to do the stuff as individuals, but in the context of the whole body being built up, right? So there's an individual and a corporate part of it. The two things are absolutely interlinked. That's the goal. And I, I love it where he says, actually, that we would become in every respect the mature body. Listen, it's not, you know, how weird would it be if, you know, if when I, my arm stopped growing when I was two months old. The rest of me has grown up and become mature, but I've still got this little teeny time. Like, that would just be weird. In every respect, that means all of us, but it also means that in every respect, I am mature. So that means actually how I treat Phil, how I look after my kids, what I do with finances, what I choose to spend my time on, what, how I engage with social media, like how I deal with disappointment. You know, what do I do when I fail, when things go wrong? How do I show up, at, you know, when I'm still in the NHS? How do I treat my boss? How do I deal with gossip in an office? In every respect, we are called to become mature. The maturity, not just in how do I show up and engage in a Sunday morning service. Like, that's not it. That's one part of maturity. Paul is super, super clear that we need to become, in every respect, mature. And if maturity is the full measure of Christ. It's, you know, Paul says, doesn't he, that God in all his fullness was pleased to live in Jesus. So the benchmark for maturity for us is how much like Jesus am I? In that conversation, how much like Jesus am I? Because that's maturity. In that situation, am I walking like Jesus did? Because that's maturity. Christian maturity is not the number of years you have sat in a chair on church on Sunday mornings. Flat out not here. Like, I'm convinced, listen, we could sit in church 50 years and remain as infants. I think that is entirely possible, but that is not the goal. And that's not what we want to go after. It's not who's been knocking around the church the longest. It's actually who is committed to this process, to being filled with all the fullness of God and showing up in that way, in every respect, in every aspect of their life, in every relationship in their lives, I'm getting more like Jesus. That's the goal, Right? That is the gig. So one thing I want to highlight, if, if the goal is maturity for you and I as individuals, but for us as a church family, as a body, one thing I want to highlight is how do we get to that maturity? Um, and it would be really easy to miss it. The very last little phrase, um, verse 16, we read you, it says, from, from him, the whole body joined and held together by every supporting ligament grows, builds itself up in love. You could totally put a full stop there and just gloss over the last little bit. It's not a full stop, it's a comma. It says actually that we would grow and build ourselves up in love as each part does its work. So for you and I to reach maturity as an individual and as a body, it requires each one of us, each part, to do its work. That's one of the ways we get mature. Crack on and do the stuff. That's how we grow up, right? That's the deal. The whole body, I think, misses out on being built up in love, becoming, you know, measuring up to all the fullness of God. The whole body misses out if you and I aren't doing our part, right? So it really matters. 
It really matters how we show up. So we need to be super intentional about this journey. For me to become mature as an individual, but for us to become mature, you have a part to play. That is 100% not all on Phil and I. Thank you, Jesus. Right? It's just as much on you as it is on us. How are we being intentional about our individual and corporate journey into maturity? What does it look like for each part to do its work? Right? But I want to be super clear. Listen, when I'm talking about each part doing its work, I am not saying, what rotors are you on? Like, that is, not the, that is part of the part you have to play. It is not the end. And I want to make sure we're super clear in what we're communicating this morning, that this stuff gets worked out in here, but absolutely out there as well. And the stuff that happens here isn't the end goal. So if you've been with us any sort of time... Apologies, but not apologies. You'll have heard us talk about this before and heard us use this phrase that actually we're really passionate about understanding the formed and the unformed, right? So there is some formed, structured, organised stuff that happens around here, not to tick off we've done certain Christian activities and church stuff, what you should do, but it's in order for you and I to show up as sons and daughters carrying the presence of God in the unformed areas of your life in the queue in the supermarket, at the you know, bar ordering your drink, in the office, in the staff room, wherever. So the stuff that we do here in a formed sense is for the unformed. So like, this is the deal. The mission and mandate, the good news of the kingdom of God is not carried on church programs. We've tried that for decades. It isn't carried on programs, but it's on the lives of men and women and children who are filled and sent to show and share the good news of Jesus. That's the deal. That is what is driving everything we're doing around here. I'm going to say it again. The mission and mandate of the kingdom of God is not carried on church programs, but on the lives of people, right? It's carried on a body of people, not on a schedule of meeting and activities. But those meetings, that, those programs, that structure, of which there is some, is really important to equip men and women and children to carry the news, to show and share Jesus out there. Does that make sense? It's not an end in itself. So talk about like game changers. We were chatting with some friends this week and um, they have th- um, three kids who are five, eight and ten. Um, and we are training our kids in game changers that there is no junior Holy Spirit. You can hear God. You can pray for the sick. God is going to talk to you and that is their norm. So this week was hearing a story of someone in, that's the formed thing that we're doing. You are game changers. You can change the game. It's not just so we occupy them an hour and a half on a Sunday morning. It's so that then when they're spending time with their granny this week, these three girls were able to pray and prophesy over their granny at that age. That's the unformed. That's the goal. But there is some stuff that we do here in a formed sense for that. Does that make sense? So that's what we're doing. There There really is an important place for it. So when Paul is talking about these five specific gifts that are given to the church, like some of that is about role and structure, but they're given that we would be equipped to do the stuff, right? So there's some things that we want to do and build here in a formed sense so that you are equipped, encouraged, healed up, set free, inspired, you know, encouraged to go and do the stuff out there. So, so it's really important that we do actually still have a value for the gathered meeting space. Right? It's really precious. It's really powerful. There is a place for some formed, organized, structured stuff. And the truth is, in order for, for that to happen, hey, listen, there's some stuff that needs to get done around here. There are some practical things that need to happen to facilitate this space, the formed space, in order for us to all show up in the unformed, right? 
There are things that need to, that, that just need to happen for the formed to happen. A chair needs to be put out. Like the sound needs to happen. We need to have folks working with our kids. So don't give up on the formed space. And I would encourage you to ask, you know, what, what could you contribute to this space? This is the last thing I want to say, um, is to understand there's three C's I want us just to really briefly think about. What are we called to? Where are we contributing? And what's our capacity right now? Those two things are really important. Not just in the context of how are you showing up around here? But I do want to ask you, how are you showing up around here? But absolutely, I think in any of the places we show up, actually think about these three things. So the big call that is on absolutely every single one of our lives is that we are called to love and serve and build a family here that welcomes, that loves, that provides a place for people to encounter God, to be empowered as his kids, and then to go up and engage the city and show up and make a difference, right? We are, that's our big calling. In order to do that, I would encourage you, you get to contribute here for that big calling to be fulfilled, not just on your life, but on the lives of the people around you, not just in the lives of your kids, but in the lives of, maybe you don't have kids, but actually on the lives of kids who are part of our family. Part of what it means to be family is that we get to contribute. And so I would love for you to think, actually, how, what can I contribute to make that big call of carrying and showing and sharing the good news of Jesus in all the different places and spaces around Manchester that Phil and I can't get to. I can't get into business. I can't get into that school. I can't get into those friendships you've got with those mums and dads at the school gate. I can't go there, but I can absolutely make a space here so you feel absolutely encouraged to go and show up there. That's the deal. So understanding what can I contribute to fulfill that big calling and have it that way round, not waiting for the call of God to say, Sarah, you are called to lay out chairs or make coffee, right? You're called to contribute in family as well as the other specific things that God has put in your life. Does that make sense? And, but I, in, in figuring out those things, I do want to like, really pay attention to what your capacity is, right? That is really, really important. One of the things I've learned, often through running ahead of actually what God's asked me to do, is that actually it's so easy for us to, to not have the capacity piece down. I think, one of the things I've learned, and I'm absolutely confident of, is this. I have found that the things that God is calling me to do and asking of me, he is absolutely faithful to give me the capacity to do those things, Right? That that is absolutely my testimony. The things he's calling me to, he will give me the capacity for. But there are there are ditches, if you like, if kind of walking in kind of the fullness of what God's asking of us, you know, in lined up with the capacity that we have, there's ditches either side that we need to be aware of. It's really possible for us to sort of slide over into the ditch of, you know, using capacity as a kind of a nice Christian church way of saying, actually, I'm feeling a bit lazy and selfish, don't really want to. And capacity is my get-out card, right? And it's actually, capacity means it's just the things I really want to do and I feel really energised for, right? That's, that's not it. That, honestly, that's not maturity. But it's just as important to know that actually on the other side of the ditch is that um, actually we're not running you know, so far above and beyond what God is actually asking us to do that we're going to burn out. And I, like I've been there, it's not a fun place to be. So we have to be super careful, not using capacity as a get out, because like, well, we talked about a couple of weeks ago, didn't we? Right there is stretch involved in being a Christian. So it, it does not mean, here's the key. The key is leaning in and saying, God, what are you asking me to do? Where are you asking me to contribute? In this church context, in my workplace, in my family, God, what are you asking me to do? 
and trust that he will give you the capacity to do that. That does not mean that it won't stretch you, cost you, or feel like a challenge at some point, right? That, it isn't that. So I think it doesn't mean it's always easy, but I do not think it should kill us. And when we're running beyond what God's asking us to do, we're outside of actually what he will, in his grace, give us the capacity for. And that is the way that we burn out. And it's not a fun place, so let's not be there either. So when we're thinking about these things, in here and out there, ask you those things. God, what are you calling me to do? What can I contribute? And what is the capacity that you're going to give me? And that might cost me, and it's not always easy, but it's not going to overwhelm me and kill me. All right? All right. Hey, one of the things that I guess I'm, I'm enjoying this morning... Good message, love. Um, is this bringing together of something which often I think the church separates out. I think there's a, a separating out sometimes of, hey, this is what we do in our church world and then this is what we do in the rest of our life. And there's a, we, we hold a dualism around those things and it's so unhelpful because actually what I think we're, we're diving into this morning is, is, is if, we're, if we're talking about wanting to love and serve our city, if we want to own the assignment of the normal Christian life, to love and serve the people that don't yet know Jesus and help them meet Him, come into a relationship with Him. Ultimately, um, it has to be a part of the whole of our lives. And so it's incongruent to think that in our church world that, well, I, I kind of come to church and I'm more of a consumer. I, I'll contribute into, into extending the kingdom and loving people and praying for the sick. Like, I'll do what God's asking me to do over here. That's where I'm laying my life down. That's where I'm taking them across. That's where I'm following Jesus. But actually, over here in the, in the church piece, I'm, I'm more of a consumer. And really, that's why this whole framework of family is so important. In Psalms, it talks about the fact that God will take the lonely, the lost and the lonely, and he will place them in family. So here's the thing. It's on us to create the context in which the lost and the lonely and the vulnerable can find a place where they can come into contact with a father who loves them. And that's family. And that's the connection. That's, that's how we serve and love one another. There's actually this beautiful mystical thing that we find in Scripture. Uh, in, um, in John 13, 34 to 35, it says this, A new command I give to you, love one another as I have loved you, so that you must love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. So there's this concept of the, the love that we display to one another is actually a signpost to who Jesus is, right? It's kind of mystical. It's like, all right, we do relationship and family and community and we contribute and we love and serve one another. And that is a window into who God is. Wow. So that gives us something to do. It gives us something to build into the fabric of family and community. It gives us something to go after, not just kind of like I attend that church, but I'm part of the infrastructure of building family because it points to, it has a missional value. Later on, a couple of chapters in John 17, it's when Jesus is praying for his disciples. And when he prays for his disciples, he's praying for every disciple that will follow, which includes the people in this room. So Jesus prayed for you in John 17. And he said, as much as, as we, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit are one, are in unity, are in love, are connected, that will be a demonstration of who God is to the world. So again, there's this mystical sense of like how we do relationship and how we do connection, how we do family points to the love of God. 
So it's on us to build that infrastructure, that, that fabric of love and connectedness where we serve one another. And listen, then it's congruent with how we show up outside. It would be nonsensical to say, well, in here we kind of, we, we build life according to what we can get. And then somehow we're supposed to transition as we get out there and be people who give. It's just nonsensical to think that we would do that. And actually, the normal Christian life in every aspect of our lives is that we would learn how to love and serve people. And ultimately, we have the model of Jesus as as his apprentices, as his followers, as his disciples. We follow Jesus. And if you can take anything from the life and death and resurrection of Jesus, he was one who laid his life down to love and serve people. Not just people he was connected to, but the lost and the lonely and the sick and the disenfranchised, those that society would have pushed to the edges. He was the one that went after, how do I love and serve people? And this becomes how we live our lives. But I, I actually believe that it does start with how do we get to build that into the fabric of how we do family here as a church? I, it, and we use, this lens of, we use this lens of family. And I think family is a really helpful thing to, to look at because in some ways, this, when we gather together, it's kind of like a family gathering. It's kind of like Christmas. Every week is Christmas. And when you get together as a family, you get everyone together. Everyone contributes in family, right? There's a sense that we, we jump in and we serve and we love because we want our gathering to be really good. We want it to be reflective of family. We want to make memories. We want to build the infrastructure of family. And everyone, everyone serves. Everyone gets involved, right? The little kids, maybe not so much, but, but, but as they start to like be able to walk, it's like, hey, would you take that from the table and take it through and put it in the dishwasher? I mean, they don't do it, but at least there's the sense of like, hey, this is like we're contributing and kids get older. My kids now, they, they contribute like kicking and screaming, but they like do some stuff around the house. They're, they're maturing. They're getting more involved because family does stuff together and we contribute, right? It's the weird uncle sat in the lounge, right? And because Uncle Sam's not here, let's just say it's Uncle Sam for a second. It's the weird uncle that sits in the lounge snapping his fingers going, I think I need another drink. That's abnormal, right? In family settings, it's like, it's, it's, that's abnormal. It shows a lack of maturity. That isn't Sam. Because Emma's here, I'm saying that. It isn't Sam. Sam really likes doing the washing up. But anyway. But listen, we don't do the washing up as well. We don't contribute in family because we have a... You're like, I, this is my calling. I am called to wash up. I am called to peel the potatoes. I am called to make gravy. Like, no one has those callings. You just do it because it's family. And I want us to think about that in the context of, of, listen, this church. And I feel like I'm sharing, we're sharing this message today and we're heading towards our own building, which I, I really feel like is, there's a level of maturity that we need to own as we move towards our new building. Because guess what? When we move into our building towards the back end of this year, we won't need to put out chairs anymore. Yeah, amen. We won't need to, this is a sports hall. It's hideous behind all these black drapes. You'll see it in a minute. I've got a video for you. But like all of this stuff, so you can hear my voice and so, so you can hear and experience and, and, and be involved in worship. Like all of that will be done for us. But do we just begin to say, well, okay, now we can start to be a little less mature now because somebody else is taking care of something. I feel like this is something I want us to own because it's a family value, not because right now we have a bunch of stuff we need you to do. Because ultimately... I want us to be a mature family that reflects to the world out there because we love and serve one another who Jesus is. 
And listen, there are people that come through these doors from our city that we get to love and serve when they come into this space. I mean, the countless times I'll bump into stories or situations or people that, that found their way here that don't know Jesus and met Jesus in worship or through a smile or through a conversation because you lot loved them and offered to pray for them. Like that's what our family does. We serve and love one another. And guess what? If, you know, if there's no one putting out the chairs in here, then the person that comes in here that doesn't know Jesus has to sit on the floor. Like it's a reality. We've got to, there are things that we have to do around here. And I, I want us to build that into the fabric of who we are as a family, right? So when we get a building, it might look like other things. How we love and serve our community and the city, it's going to look like different things. And I'm excited for that journey. But let's build a value for that in now when there is stuff for us to do, rather than thinking, you know, we'll just, we'll just wait until it's all done for us, right? So that's what we can own together. And I want to, I actually want us to, we're going to play a little short video that just gives you a bit of a window into ways that you can get connected. I love what Joe and Frank were able to, oh, I love what, it's all good. We love what um, Joe and Frank were able to do because actually their story this morning was about, hey, hey, we found connection and deeper friendship kind of by jumping onto a team. We met consistent people and we were able to help and contribute and meet people. And it was a beautiful way to, in their story, build the fabric of friendship and family that is now a rich part of their life and what they ultimately give away to other people. And it's a beautiful thing. So let's watch this video.